0: Welcome to Behind the Mirror, a place where students in an online program can have the experience of sitting behind the mirror with a professor and getting all the little things you can only get from those uh, conversations. Today I have on my old supervisor, Adam Matthews. I resent being called old, but I'll I'll take it. What's up, guys? Old supervisor. I guess you're not old. You're like, what, barely 38? Barely. Um I'm barely forty. Barely wow. As of as of,
1: as of this year. <laughs> Take back everything so. I said. No, you don't <laughs> 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 Hey.
0: Hey, I jumped out of a plane for my fortieth birthday, so I saw that. Know. I saw that. Come on. Yeah. Bring it. Is this like a midlife what? crisis thing? I mean, you've been reading a lot of books. Listen, you've been <laughs> listen. doing a lot of marathons.
1: Listen, whatever, whatever it is,
0: whatever it is, I'm doing it.
2: It's true. <laughs> it's
1: true. But as to its fullest, if it's a midlife crisis, bring it on. <laughs> Full yeah. on midlife crisis. Give me all of it.
2: How was how was skydiving?
1: It was the best, man. It was so much fun. It was terrifying. I almost threw up until I actually did it. <laughs> right yeah. up in, right up until the actual moment. Yeah, then it, then it was awesome.
2: I've been I've been bungee jumping and I I haven't been able to convince myself to do skydiving yet, but it's on the list.
1: You just got to do it. Don't wait till you're fortieth. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just just do it already.
0: Don't
1: All wait till right, you're like
0: me. It. Don't wait till you're old. Just just do it while you yeah. still have young. Right in your bones. Uh, you. Uh, that's right. you whippersnappers. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, man. I feel like. um Everybody I know who's bun, been bungee, ju- uh, bungee jumping, he's been skydiving, sky they all say it is terrifying until you jump. And then it's just like the most freedom you've ever felt.
1: It is. It was yeah. completely free. And my, um, my skydiving, um, the guy that I did the tandem with me, the, the professional, he, um, he basically did this, uh, this uh, Bateson trick on me, this confusion technique. Where every time I asked him if he was ready, he would tell me no, and he would like start shaking like he was scared, and he or he would tell me some other random nonsense. And so the whole time, he, he was just amping up my terror, as he secretly just laughed at me from behind me, <laughs> as, as I was as I was basically sitting in his lap. Oh man! So he just he ramped it he ramped it up the whole time and acted like he didn't know what he was doing or that he was tired from jumping fourteen times that day
0: already. So it was a lot of fun. So he was just screwing with you like the whole time. He was, oh, he screwed with me the whole time.
1: But how was that yeah.
0: like a Bateson trick?
1: It was confusing, man. He's trying to. He just kept saying random nonsense and confusing the heck out of me. And then I didn't know whether I could trust him or not until he actually did it. And then I jumped out. And then I jumped out of the plane. So that helped until, you. To until, he for, until he told me, forced me out of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because cause by the time I got up there, I was so tired of him. I just wanted to be. I just wanted to be out of the plane. to be out of the plane.
0: Uh, I don't think this is how it works. I don't think. I don't think you, I'm so sick of you. I'm jumping out of this plane right now. That's it's right. not. It's I, was not trying just, I was trying to get. I was trying to get away from him, but he just kept following. <laughs> me. Oh, because he had the parachute. That's that's that's, that's, right. Why. that's right. That's right. Oh man. Oh man. So today we're talking about practice building. Um, and before we get into all that jazz, tell us, how did you get to be a counselor, Adam?
1: How did I get to be a uh, counselor? Um, Let's see. Well, I got fired from the job I was actually doing. and didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, And I was a youth pastor at a church at the time. And... Um, they, so I was already, I was doing, you know, what I I wouldn't consider it counseling now, but I thought it was at the time, um, with, uh, wait, what were you doing?
0: What were you doing? Just giving people like advice? I was giving people advice, giving them bad advice. Isn't that what counseling is, Adam? Yeah. Based on, it is not, (laughs) but it was, uh, based off of, most people still think that, like it's kind of disturbing. yeah. Yeah. It, um,
1: it. Yeah. It's. It. it that permeates. But um, I was. So yeah. So I was doing that. Um, I got fired because they essentially not because anything I did because they they essentially had two youth pastors and they said they only wanted one. Um, and so I did what any you know self respecting twenty uh, two year old does when they get fired from a job. I went back and lived <laughs> with my parent lived with my parents for a while. Um, and I had um, got into a program I'd originally, I was originally accepted into um, when I first graduated from undergrad. Um, didn't really know a lot about it. Um, the, uh, one of the first interview questions was uh, that they asked me at the interview was about um, how I saw the change process. And I had really had no idea what they even meant by that.
0: I give advice. What that's do that's you mean? A, you know, I just need a, the right advice to give. That's why I'm yeah. here.
1: So I uh, BS some answer, got in the program, and um, then just kept going, and fell in love with it. So um, I pursued marriage and family because because um, I was a youth pastor at the time. I wanted to. I thought I would work with teenagers. Um, gave that up a long time ago. and Decided that's not never going to work with never. That's not my population. It's not my people right now.
0: You kind of did um, that for a while though, didn't you? I did. I did. I did it for a long time. Yeah. How did you come um, to realize in, that, they, that those weren't your people? Because I mean, you did your doctorate on that almost. Or were I they did. a little older?
1: They were a little older, uh, but they, it was also not just about them, it as about their families as well. Um, and so in part realizing that uh, they're just they're just little versions of their parents, um, and so it's not where the greatest influence lies. the bigger influence lies with, their, with the adults and their parents and the um, when their when their lives are better, their kids' lives are better, yeah. Um, and so you get you, you tend I I feel like you tend to get further with them. Um, so I know, but some people are really brilliant at um, um, teenagers. And as I got older, um, I just wasn't able to speak their language anymore. I think you have to have a very there's a specific yeah uh, language you have to speak to work with kids really well. And I yeah. kind of just lost it. So
0: yeah, that's why kind of just lost it so you were like saying cool and they were like Nah, man that's dope and you were like man that's dope and they're like bro you're extra and you were like i don't know what that means (laughs) something like that something
1: like that (laughs) they they started talking about uh pokemon uh, and you were like oh i know that one i know that one i knew that one everything that's cool that came back but they started talking about fortnite and uh what's the one with blocks What's the thing? Minecraft. Oh God, I. I played one yeah, more Minecraft. T- they started talking about Minecraft, and I didn't know what they were talking about anymore.
0: Uh-uh. So, I did a lot of Minecraft when I was doing my in-home, and I'm convinced that never again. Like, if I have to go back to in-home, I'm not playing video games. I'm drawing the line. Like, that's not what I do. Yeah. That's not. That's what right. Also,
2: because I did the same thing when I did in-home. Minecraft is just Legos, it's just Legos on a screen. Yes, yeah. it, they're, they're blocks. You put them on top of each other. Yeah, it's just Legos.
1: But you but you don't have to touch anything. You just touch. You yeah. can just you don't have to actually build anything by hand. You just get to move it um, digitally.
0: Yeah, if well, these kids today. They don't know how to use their hands anymore. That's right. Yeah. Um. So, what's your population now? What's your ideal client? Um, so, my ideal client is um, typically uh, couples
1: or men um, that are dealing with couple issues. So, um, ideal clients are are for um, for mere couples that are in um, either trying to deal with some uh, how to have conflict better or to um, are recovering from some kind of trust break in trust, like an affair. Um, emotional or physical affair, um, and um, so those are the main thing. Then men who um, are trying to understand how to connect with their wives emotionally, but having difficulty. So uh, men that are dealing with trying to raise their emotional intelligence,
0: raise their empathy, um,
1: and kind of reconnect to kind of what's what's driving them away from the relationship or what's driving them out of the marriage. yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Men who are stuck on uh, Mars. <laughs> never got their astronaut yeah. planet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and trying to convince them that that, that whole analogy of men are for Mars and women are for Venus is complete crap. What? So, you
0: mean, you mean women aren't aliens? You mean women aren't no, aliens?
1: They are not an alien species. It's such uh, – it's
0: crazy, you know? Yeah, you're right. They, um, they're more like spaghetti. They're, they're not <laughs> aliens. They're just, they're just food. <laughs> um,
1: or – Or they're unique human uh, individuals (laughs) who have specific needs that vary from woman to woman. Um, But, you know, something like some kind of analogy that makes sense like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. But if they were food, what food would they be? (laughs) Oreos. (laughs) Oreos. (laughs) Um, So if you're not giving people advice, what do you do? Um
1: if it as opposed to giving you mean what am I doing as opposed to give people advice? Exactly. Um well I think it um what I try to do is um give them a framework in which to kind of um adapt to their uh rediscover their own strengths and kind of what is unique about them. Um I do think they need a framework. I think advice can sometimes sound like that. It can sound like the framework, but um, it's not it's less advice giving to me and more of this is um, the this is a frame this is the um, framework for how to be successful. And then you kind of like you mold yourself to the framework as, as you see fit. You utilize your own strengths to get to the top, um, so to speak. And so um, I'm trying to take what we know about how, what makes relationships successful and what makes people successful. And um, and provide that to them, give them the tools that they need, the skills that they need, equip them, in other words, um, to get where they want to go. But do that based on um, who they are, um, what's unique to them, what's unique to them as people, what's unique to their relationship, um, who do they want to be as people, right? Maybe he wants to be from um, Venus and she wants to be from Mars, you know? Um or, you know whatever like however it makes sense to however it makes sense to them about how their relationship um should and could work and then but then saying this is the framework to, to make that happen
0: yeah it sounds like you have a pretty clear idea of what that framework looks like for you
1: um
0: yeah I mean it's a
1: you um I mean I think you do therapy long enough and you start to kind of uncover those things that it, it's uh, it does get to be a little bit instinctual i think of like uh, but you have to understand the path that people are on and that you and and how to get them there you do have to understand how change happens right it's not an easy thing and so and um people are not um actively trying to mess up their lives or their relationships that's not we are not um, um people are not actually villains they're not you know they're not super villains who are out to destroy the planet or each other. they're just trying to survive and so um, just helping them figure out what the what the path is to get out of the cycle that they're in is is important
0: how um how change happens yes mm mm-hmm. yeah. it sounds like you have a an idea of of how that happens.
1: Oh, how change happens? Mm-hmm.
0: You're wanting me to. You're wanting me to
1: describe that process. Sure. Is that the yeah. question that you're asking yeah, yeah. Um. I think. Um. I think. I mean. It, I think that is a hard question because, like, how it's it. It's hard to. It's hard to fully generalize it. Um. But I think it. It. It starts with um, recognizing that motivation is. Um. Is a myth. Motivation is not. It's not what, it doesn't start with motivation. It starts with you actively doing something that's different. And so um, it's finding what that, um, what we are um, actually, um, what we are actually going to, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? Um, What is the, what's the thing that's actually going to make a difference there? Um, and so understanding kind of what the process is over the content of the situation. Um, so the, um, the content is the, for instance, in a couple, it's the stuff that they're fighting about, um, rather than how they're, the process is how they're fighting. And so it's getting them, uh, getting them or anybody else to start thinking about the process that they're involved in rather than the, to get up in the, the everyday content of what's keeping them stuck. Um, and changing that and when they begin to change the process then the content it doesn't matter what the content is the content will um, could be interchangeable right it doesn't matter what they're fighting about they're always they're going to have fights in the relationship it matters about more about how they're fighting that's the simplest version of that it doesn't matter about what broke it matters but it doesn't really matter about what broke trust or how trust got broken it's about how it's about the process about how they build trust back um, and how they maintain trust in the relationship. Uh, So, um, it's getting them, it's getting them into that mindset, I think, and then actually implementing the things that, uh, implementing a better process one step at a time.
0: Yeah. Could you give an example? Um, sure. Um, let's see. So, um,
1: Well, I can give you an example from tonight. So, I had a a guy uh, that's in my office who's there, his and his wife's relationship. They've had several different trust breaks um, in their relationship, Um, um, all involving some, what I would call, uh, mini-emotional affairs with other people. They've just kind of turned away from each other. And um, for him, um, he... Um, has some, uh, issues with, um, not feeling good enough. Like most guys do, there's there has some security issues. And so, um, he tries to do the right thing all the time. He tries to step in the right direction. He treats his relationship a little more transactional that if I do the right thing, if I, um, then my wife should shower me with affection and she should shower me with compliments and affirmations and, um, and meet my needs that way. Um, so the challenge is is that when he um, does meet her needs or when she does tell him what she needs, he hears it as a complaint or a criticism. and so he gets really defensive. So anytime he that insecurity button gets hit, and so he um, he reacts really defensively um, which keeps him from actually hearing what she's saying. So he talks about how he feels punished by her all the time and um, like she never will let the past go. Um, but it keeps him from hearing what she actually needs and when she actually takes responsibility for the ways that she's hurt him in the past. Um, so the, def- the defensiveness is the process. That's the, that's the, um, that's the way that he keeps reacting. The, all the hurts that he keeps going back to, he keeps bringing up the hurts all the time, the things from the past. That's all the content. And so mm-hmm. he um, he continually hits that content over and over again um, because he he's trying to he's um, he feels like it's hasn't been validated. It hasn't been acknowledged by anybody. Um, mm-hmm. But because of the defensiveness, it it's counterintuitive. It's it, it change also is also counterintuitive sometimes. So he thinks the way to get to to, for to make things better and to get what he wants is to dig his heels in and um and defend his part his side of things um and so what we talked about tonight was trying to get him to acknowledge that in the process of how they are going about trying to change their relationship um he when he gets defensive he actually does he actually hurts his cause even more and keeps her from wanting to meet his needs um and doesn't actually hear what they are. He's very much he very much wants to meet her needs, and he very much wants to. Um, she her big thing is she wants more emotional connection, um, and so he wants that. He tries to hit. He tries to meet that need, um, but he fails every time because of his defensiveness, because he can't hear it. Um, and so the more we try to get him to shift that and to simply and, and instead of being defensive to just ask more questions to change his process. Um, and he acknowledged when we started talking about that, he acknowledged that the thing that he always starts with when she says, this is what I need, or she, she throws out what sounds to him like a complaint. Um, he starts to explain, he starts to explain things, um, and explain his side of things because he feels like he's uh, justified. Um, and so, the small step that we want him to take is just to change that process just a little bit. So, I mean, cause change is like, um, um, the, the analogy I use about change is that it's like, um, you know, if, uh, after a big ice storm, if you're out outside on your windshield of your car trying to scrape off the ice with a credit card, right. It's like, it's really slow and it's not going to work. But even when you get the right tools, when you start to scrape at it, like it comes off very slowly, until you're persistent, and then big chunks start to come off, and it starts to come off in waves. But he has to do that small that small action of scraping the windshield, um, and it has to be it has to be doable. Like the first the first step is um, has to be smaller than what even he thinks it is, um, and so this, this first step for him is just simply. So don't change anything else except just start asking more questions. When you feel the need to offer an explanation, ask a question of her. How can I – I don't fully understand what you're saying. Can you tell me more about it? Um, I, I can see this part. Of, I can understand this part of what you're saying, um, but I can't understand this part. Tell me more. Help me understand. Um, even in just – one of his complaints was that um, she says that they don't have enough conversation um, in general – um, and so we talk and again, he gets frustrated because he she wants him to talk about her. She wants him to ask about her work or listen to her talk about work. And he's like, I don't know anything about it, so I'm not interested. So it's like at just ask a question there. Ask one more question than you than you might feel comfortable with. You know, how, who is this coworker? Tell me about this process. I don't know when you when you talk about this thing that you're doing. I don't know if we understand. Teach me about that. Tell me a bit more about that. Um, anything like that, that can just get him to move off of the the stuck explanation-driven, justification-driven, defensive-driven responses that he has
0: um, yeah. to his wife. Sounds very Bowenian. Um, I mean, you might be so far maybe. out of school that you're not thinking about that stuff for any, no, anymore. <laughs> right, right. Yeah,
1: all the years that I taught bowinian just sort of kind of left my mind. No. Um, it 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 can be, I suppose, yeah. Um, I mean, I am I am big like the idea for me in couples therapy in particular is that they work on themselves and that so there's an element of differentiation in there. There, they're, I'm trying to get them to um, to mature as individuals so that they can work better as a couple. Um, so there's a little bit of that,
0: yeah. Hmm. So what um, also
1: yeah. also I was just going to say I realized I said Bateson earlier when I meant Erickson
0: by the way. So. Oh, was man, I was not gonna call you out in the podcast. You called me out. On that. You could. You could call me out. On that podcast. <laughs> I was not gonna do that. Yeah, that's what I meant. I was totally wrong. Oh, man. I just realized I did that. Did that. That's cool though. You caught yourself. Yes, and you really, that. almost no one else would know besides you know. Besides a uh, bunch of
1: therapy students. Or at least I hope they know the difference.
0: No, they don't. They don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most of them are reading CBT learn the... articles and other stuff well they
1: learn the difference
0: they don't, uh... don't be like me
1: <laughs> <laughs> learn, learn the difference
0: yeah well you know how things are now in academia everything's about the newest latest research and so
2: uh-huh.
0: and we don't really teach how to read research well which All is right. also a problem and so a lot of the classics kind of get overlooked uh-huh. or taught in broad sweeps and you know General systems classes where you learn everything in a semester and then move on. So,
1: well, that's a bunch of nonsense. But
0: I think it's a little sad. But anyway, um, so who do you like in in Couple Land?
1: Uh, as far as couples
0: therapy, yeah. Um,
1: I, it's a mixed bag. I mean, I like so, so to me, like uh, I think. All of it is any, any form of uh, therapy model that you put out there, it's all just metaphor. Um, and so it just gives us a different way to think about it. So there's value in all of it, I think. Um, and so I have a greater appreciation um, these days for Gottman. Um, I did not like Gottman originally in, in school. I just learned about him in school. But I, have a, I have a greater appreciation for him now in part because, um, it makes sense to couples, I think a lot of times. Um, and they're very, um, practical tools for people. Um, um, I also, I mean, your boy, uh, is into EFT. I like, I like me some EFT. Um, I don't know if I do it right, but I do a version of it, I guess. Um, I think, uh, which has its EFT has its basis in attachment theory, which I think is uh, is really helpful for couples, um, and, and really important um, for especially couples that are um, have some individual issues that they're stuck in that they can't um, seem to break free of. A lot of it that is kind of the lens that when I view it through an attachment lens, it makes sense to me. Um. Those are the main ones right now. Um, excuse me. But I, I tend to bring an individual focus to couples therapy. So, um, like, because of my, my belief is healthy people, are healthy individuals, healthy couple. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so I, I apply, you know, um, all the, the classics that nobody learns about anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean, all the all strength-based stuff. Um. Yeah. To it, to yeah. Uh, resource focus stuff to individuals. Oh
0: yeah. man. Well, I mean, resource focus man. That's a a very niche niche model. I uh, know, right? <laughs> there's there's only ever been one book written on it. So I know,
1: I've read and it twice, one, and one journal article.
0: <laughs> For people who don't know, Adam, uh, resource resource focus therapy was coined by well. The book is written by Ray and Wendell Ray and Brad Ricchini. And then uh you went on to do an article and your dissertation with, with, with Brad Keaney doing some resource focused stuff. Yeah, he was my he was my uh dissertation chair. Yeah. So Which is actually saying a lot. Not many people could uh get him to be their chair. And those who did couldn't graduate. At least that's what the <laughs> word on the word on the street says. <laughs> that was, that,
1: yeah, that was that was later on in the process. I, I, I got
0: I got him early. <laughs> man, I think it's also sad I was talking to one of my friends and they were like, yeah, we used to make people read a sedative change and uh, it was too hard for them so we just stopped <laughs> I was like, this is a grad program that's right that's right Yeah. Um, so when I first got in touch with you, you were doing lots of work with uh, in-home therapy but now you're doing private practice work
1: I yes. I have a group practice in Cary, North Carolina.
0: Yeah. How did you make yeah. that make that shift? Um,
1: well, I got into the world of academics and
0: it sucked and <laughs> I didn't like it. Um I'm and, sorry, I had the same. I had a taste uh-huh. of it cuz I don't know if you remember I had that 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 fellowship. Uh, uh, yeah. And I had a taste of it, and I was like, "This is like the worst thing." Ever. <laughs> the worst.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it, uh, I think it's, it, yeah, that's all another topic, but it's it's really different than
0: uh, Don't you think than it, it was
1: for. Well, it's different for than what probably um, my professors had. Like what my professors oh, had yeah. was amazing, and um, and it's just the I think the world, the climate has shifted, and it's different now. But um, anyway, yes. it just it just wasn't for me, so I started a part-time private practice. And it kind of just kept growing um, and um, took off. And then so after a year and a half, I quit teaching and went full-time into the private practice. Um, a year and a half after that, I uh, um, added um, a couple of therapists, and we moved into a group practice. And we're almost um, – we just – October 1st was a, a year for the group practice, and we – Have uh, six therapists now, and we'll add another in the in the what in January. Um, Wow! Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's fun. I like it.
0: How did you How did you get clients?
1: Um, I stood on a street corner with a sandwich board and (laughs) said, "The the end is near." rang a bell? Let me Let me save you. We're
0: gonna help. Uh, no. Um. So it's um You went door to door, is that what you did? Yeah. So I do in home uh, therapy, so I know how to help no, you. That's, right. <laughs> door to that's door. right. Yeah. I offered I actually
1: offered for the first year I offered in home on my website and
0: um, it was not
1: uh and then I, and I had one client who took me up on it uh, uh changed us, I said no that's not that's not how we're gonna do things. <laughs> um, well I think so you want me? You want me to talk about practice building before we got off on tangents on uh, couple therapy? I think to, uh, to this me, this whole thing
2: is tangents. It's no, all tangents. Don't worry about that. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> 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 uh, so
1: yeah, so all of you who have stayed with us through the first third half hour, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: at this point, people who listen know what they're getting at. <laughs> 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 uh, they know what they're here for. They know what they're here for. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's
1: funny. Um, so there's a couple things like about um, we live in a great age. I think for uh, private practice, there's a lot of resources available to you. Um, um, and so essentially, um, I, the only thing that I can say that I did think I did really well was um, we did the digital game really well, and um, that's the biggest thing, having a, like, um, a couple elements of, like, that your online presence is, um, it doesn't have to be amazing, but it doesn't have, it it can't kill you. So, like, um, things like having a well-designed website, I paid somebody, um, I I paid a designer to design our website, so it looked good. Um, It looked professionally designed, We got a professional logo, Um, I actually, I had, uh, um, decent headshots taken. Like I had a, I paid a photographer to take headshots. Um, you know, I am not the, I'm not the, uh, best looking guy in the world, but when, like, when you have a good picture compared to the rest of the pictures that are on psychology today, um, like if you go and you look at, uh, some of the pictures that are on there, like you'd be amazed at how many people have. You know, they have the thing where their arm around around somebody else and you can tell that there's somebody else's face pressed up against their face, but they've chopped off the picture. They've cropped the picture and that's the photo that they're using. Um, or it's or it's, you know, it's one of them on vacation, you know, it, as opposed to something that um, that's first impression worthy. Um, it says that it imbues confidence in the client that you are capable of taking care of them and de- and handling their issue. Um, and so what we try to do was just convey competence and confidence as early as we could. Um, and doing that through our website and, uh, through our psych today profile, um, you know, having social media presence that's, um, that's not terrible, you know, that, um, cause people go and they, what they do now, um, uh, what they, you know, didn't, to do before, didn't have access to do before is they, they make well-researched decisions. The phrase, the phrase that'll come up often in clients when they, um, well, we did our research and you were the one that came up the most. Um, and, um, or this, you're the one that we liked best or something like that. Um, and so what people do is they go online and they compare you, they comparison shop therapists, um, and they get on your Facebook page and they, they scour your website and they, um, you know, they look at your Instagram feed, and um, they're they're looking for immediately. Um, they're looking for signs that you have the ability to be able to, to and the knowledge and the um, confidence to be able to handle their issue that they're going to throw at them. Because every client feels like their their issue is the most unique and the most um, the biggest in the whole world, right? And the worst, and so they're they want somebody that's like that. Um, then the second thing that we did that I think got clients that very few people do is that we actually called people back within a reasonable amount of time. Um, we responded to emails in a reasonable amount of time. Um, we have, and we continue to have a number of clients who tell us that um, they, they, that they I'm the eighth or ninth th- therapist they called, but the first one to get back to them. Um, and it's not over a short period. It's not like they call it all in one day. It's like, that we've been calling or we've been emailing and nobody will respond to us. Um, or if people are responding, they're responding a week after they get their inc- the inquiry. Um, and um, and so our one of our goals was just that we were going to make the first step the easiest for our clients, that it shouldn't have to be that difficult to get in to see a therapist. Um, and so we, we embraced online scheduling, for instance, Um, so people that were in the middle of the crisis at 12 AM, um, and they, you know, when they're, when they feel it the most is when they actually try to do something about it. And so they have a big, huge fight, um, with their partner at 12 at midnight and they go online to find couples therapy and they find us and they can schedule an appointment right away. Um, you know, they can, they send us an email and they're going to get a call back and they know it and. Um, we're going to get them in within 24 hours, you know, like that's just, just this belief that, um, people that are in pain or that are, um, in need, um, that are in crisis, um, should not have to, it should not have to be, they shouldn't have to wait a week for a callback from a therapist to get help. Um, and so the more we did that, the more that's what we heard from people. And we just kept doing things to try to, um, to make that first step the easiest, so we offer, um, we went, we tried to go beyond just a free thirty-minute phone consultation, and went to um, a risk-free initial appointment where they get to come in for an hour and a half, um, and if they like us, they get to stay, and that's when they pay. They'll, they'll pay for it if they don't like us and they want to go with somebody else. They don't have to pay for that, and we'll help them find somebody outside of our practice that um, that works for them. All right, um, so things like that that i think resonated with people and and they just started to find us so wow the biggest things
0: i hear so many different influences in what you're talking about i don't even know if these are people who influence you but i hear some eddie parish in there i hear some tracy truffo in there some other people
1: yeah um yeah definitely eddie Eddie's um, big influence. I don't know that other person that she said. So, she's the maybe lady. She,
0: she wrote the book, "Become a Wealthy Therapist." Oh, yes. That's her. What's her? How did you say her name? I thought it was Tracy Trufo Am I bot maybe maybe it is butchering that? No, no, no,
1: no, no. I, you're you're probably not. You're probably right. I'm, um, but yes, I I read most of to I read most of how to be a wealthy therapist. Um, particularly, her issues on money is are fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, yes. Um, there's some of that. Um, there's some of what's his name? Uh, therapist. Um, Tracy practice Todd. Tracy Todd's private practice. I yeah. Although that's a little bit outdated now. Um, it needs to be updated a little bit. But um, that was initially um, what I read. There's some, so there's some influence of that. Yeah. Um,
0: do you still do the yeah. newsletter? No, no, we, well, it,
1: I guess if you consider, um, email mark, email marketing, like MailChimp type stuff newsletter. Um, but no, I don't, we, um, there's a lot of stuff. If you, the other influences are, um, building non-therapy related, building a story brand by Donald, Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. It's every, everybody, um, who's has a business should read that book. Um, it's fantastic. And it's, completely relevant to um uh to any any field but therapists are very are are um poor at excuse me at this at that side of thing at the marketing side of things so um they really I, I believe that every therapist should read more marketing marketing books and business books um also um profit first that guy's name Mike his first name is Mike his last name's unpronounceable um and um, that book's about money as as money as well, but um, in a very manageable way. so those are you know, some of the stuff that
0: you should read if you have a practice. Wow. Do you do any sort of group work or anything else? um we it <laughs>
1: I have continually talked about groups since we started, and we've never done one. and um, like uh, I think in part. Um, and not to say that we wouldn't do them someday, but um, the longer we've gone on, um, the more that, um, and what I tried to build into my therapist is um, the idea of if we value, if what if you believe that what you do is important um, and has any kind of value for the clients, then it has to have monetary value. Um, and so, um, group, like the the cost associated with building a group is, um, is really high. Um, and so really high. Yeah. Mainly from the marketing side, like getting that word out. Some people are way better at it than I am. I'll I'll admit that. Like, I'm not, I'm not great at building a group. It's, um, it, but you, you lose what, Right now, and I could, and somebody else could come along and dispute this, Jordan. So I'm not like, um, but I don't see the, um, I see the time um, invested into a group as way more than, than the outcome and what what you can charge for a group and what you can, um, what the client gets out of it, um, and then and versus the effort and time that you have to give to to each individual in the group, and you you spend. Uh, doing assessments to make sure that they're a right fit for the group, um, marketing the group, um, all of that that goes into something like that is, is just high time wise, um, and so it so I, right now I don't see it as um, hugely beneficial for for us as a practice, mm. um, and um, the cost so you're putting
0: into adult balance out with, with the cost that you,
1: we get out of it. Yeah, even even as far as like uh, client outcomes are concerned, um, you know, most of the research on groups aren't is not great. Um, the outcomes aren't 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 fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I'd prefer to get those clients in for you know more one on one individual sessions. Um, now, I will tell you the other thing that we're developing that I think is is more worth it that has a group flares is, is, is well there's two things there's intense couple intensives and then retreats for couples um i think you could probably spend that in, into an individual framework as well but um but doing stuff like that where the value for the client is higher your time investment in them is is going to be greater um and then the the ability to generate um, um a, a profit to continue to do what to do all of that is higher as well um, and so I think all of those things. So the in the um, spring, I'll be working with four other, uh, three other therapists, and we're going to do a couples retreat in Asheville, um, North Carolina. Um, and that I think will it has um, has the potential to be much more impactful, um, I think, than on all fronts than than necessarily a weekly group.
0: Hmm. So Ryan and I were talking about this beforehand and you don't have to answer this question if if it's too personal because um, we were talking about a guy who was doing groups how much would would your groups run? I mean how much would your intensives run?
1: My my client intensives or our, our retreats?
0: Oh um, both
1: um, So client intensives um, you're going to put me on the spot it's in our um it's on our website. Um, I believe it's uh, 550 for um, a four hour block. They can choose from one to two or three days. So um, whatever that is, 1650 uh, total for if they did a three day, which would be uh, 12 hours of therapy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the retreat is going to be. Um, uh, thirty-five hundred, um, for the weekend, per couple, um, and so that is, but that includes um six hours of therapy over the weekend with a um, um licensed therapist. All of us have multiple years of experience. Like, um, was six hours of therapy, seven hours of teaching. Um, it's in Asheville. Um and so it's uh it's a little bit more expensive um for that. Um so yeah, so those are the costs. My I continually am told that my intensive prices are too low, but
2: um Yeah. But a, yeah, well and what I was thinking when you said because you said it comes out to sixteen hundred overall for the
1: six, yeah, if my math is right, or sixteen sixteen hundred, 1600 or sixteen fifty, yeah. or something like that,
2: which that does sound low. But something that Jordan and I were just talking about earlier is a lot of what I've seen is around the three to five thousand range. All said and done, and mm-hmm. I feel like that is a lot of money. And if you, your clients That's are going to be spending that kind of money at least the way my conscience is I better be able to like guarantee some astronomical results because that's yeah. that's a lot
1: <laughs> yeah I, I mean it definitely is I think uh, some of the research on client intensives show that it doubles the client like it's, a, it's so like a four hour intensive will be equivalent of eight hours of weekly therapy
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so what I try to prep my clients for is that it's not intensives what intensives do is um, that they are able to um, kind of jumpstart therapy for them. So, um, if a client wanted to do a three day intensive, uh, you know, unless there was just some real big roadblock, we would probably let them do it. But what I would prefer is a one day intensive uh, for them to do a one day intensive and then to do um, um, the, the actually the client I was talking about earlier, they did a one day intensive and now they're doing um, every other week um, mm. therapy. Um, and so, um, or they did a two day, they did a two day, a two day intensive and then did every other week. So, um, that's, that would be my preference for how that works. I think that's the best way. Um, but I think you also have to like, while that price is, it is a lot one. Um, I do think like it's not, um, again, I say what I do is valuable, like and so, like I, I do believe that that they get a lot of they there's a lot of value in spending that amount of time um, with me, um, and uh, I do think that they'll get something out of it. Now, it's not in, in, in therapy. Obviously, is so hard. It's a, you know, it's a it's a non tangible service, um, right? So you don't have a product that you're giving them at the end that they can take home and and kind of you know kick the tires and say this is this is worth the money. Um, but, um, I do think that if you have a good therapist, um, you know, they have to, they have to be somewhat competent. I mean, you obviously, we're not, I'm not talking about, you know, um, somebody just out of school that you're paying $5,000 to go and see. Right. Um, but it is, it is a service that, um, if, if you feel, if, if you don't feel like it's valuable, then you're going to, you're going to you know, if somebody that comes in and pays $500 for a three day intensive, um, they're not going to value it either. Right. Right. And so I do think that there is a medium in between that.
2: Yeah.
1: Where it's, it's, it's your, um, you're pricing it high enough that it communicates value like that, like cost just as our society cost communicates value. Um, and where they put something into it that is effective, um, um, cause that does something for them as well. Um, the, the other thing that I'd say is that like some of those that are going to be on the way higher end, um, like there, I know, like, I know a guy that charges, um, $15,000 for a weekend. Um, but he, he charges that in part, um, because he gets inundated with requests and it's a way to filter people out. Um, because he he wants them to be serious about his time because he also values his time and he just can't he can't do everything so I think when you see some that are on that higher end in part it is a um it's a it's a it's a little bit of a filter for the therapist
2: yeah yeah Yeah, and I think another thing that Jordan and I had been talking about that you touched on and kind of glossed over but like the shorter and shorter amount of time that the therapist has been doing what they're doing, the more and more skeptical I am about like whether they should be doing intensives.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't, I think it. yeah, I mean, you, you the intensives are, <clears throat> well, again, not, I'm not trying to like, I think the longer you go, the more therapy you do. Intensives get easier. Um, I think it at first, like my my new therapists go. I don't know what I would do for four hours, and I go, well, "Are you kidding? I don't I don't know what I do with only four hours. You know, like what am I going to have to leave out? Like, um, you know, so you just as you build your repertoire of material and tools um, and build your tool belt, four hours is nothing. And you can yeah. do a lot, and I mean, you can um,
0: go over the can, whole core model in four hours.
1: Ah,
2: yes. There you
1: go. Wow. Throw that. We definitely don't have time for all of that. <laughs> uh, I've, You're I've right. That's only, my... It's only four no, hours. The hole, the hole in my
0: heart is just not going to be that. It's not going <laughs> to be able to be filled that, in that amount of time. Yeah, no, you need at least eight hours for that, right? At least. at least like eight a hours, Monday. Yeah. Not just a normal Monday, though. Like a big Monday. <laughs> Big full <fool> Monday <laughs> to get it all in. Right, right, uh, right, right. <laughs> I
1: feel man. like I feel like this is a trap.
2: A trap. <laughs> oh man. um, Yeah, I don't know you. You're the closest to where that could have an impact on you, and I don't. You're the one doing all the talking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he was he was here. T- to today, maybe
0: maybe next week, one of our old professors uh, did a lot of stuff he called the core model. And he actually came to Fayetteville. He was doing a six-hour six, six hour free training for anybody he wanted to, wanted to come. Yeah. I was busy. Yes, yeah, see, you're, you know. you're, you're
2: still in the area. You need to, <laughs> you need to network, man. I'm new states. I don't, know, I don't know what you're doing, talking all the trash you're doing. Everything.
0: Oh, man. I will continue to talk smack. Don't worry. <laughs> I got plenty of that. <laughs> um do you do any outcome studies or anything? Do you track your track your people? Um uh
1: not not particularly. We've we've talked a little bit about that now that we're kind of year into uh group practice. Um I'm not I'm not against it. Um there's some um, um you know you've heard of the ORS and the SRS. Um, yeah, to talk to Scott. Ones. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're not bad. They, my biggest issue with them is that they, they break the flow of therapy. Um, it's a a pretty hard start and a pretty hard stop, um, with, with those type of things. Um, but they have, there's a lot of good backing for those. And so, um, I'm not against it. It's probably, uh, clinically, it's probably smart to do, um, we we do more business tracking right now than we do. We've we've got to get that under
0: yeah.
1: Um, like business numbers, KPIs um, tracked a little bit better.
0: So, what are the average length of your of your sessions? How many sessions do people come for?
1: So um, the numbers we have on that right now are, if they come for more than three, they have a fifty percent chance of staying for more than ten. Um, so we kind of consider 10 as our, as our, uh, we get, we get, so we got some success at 10 sessions, um, or we don't feel like they would come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if it's less, um, but um, about 35% of our clients don't stay for three, for stay for less than three sessions. Um, so um, that's kind of what we could, that's what we would consider our turnover.
0: Yeah. So about a third of your, people after three sessions aside for whatever reason that 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 they've gotten enough yeah yep. um and is that across the board is that for you is that for interns is that
1: um that's for that's i think um i mean i can tell you i think that's our um numbers let's see um Our retention hovers right around um, uh, 75%. For for 10 sessions, you mean? No, just overall for for month to month. So they... um, Oh, actually, it's a little bit higher. So less than 3 is at 41%. uh, 4 to 10 is 40%. um, Greater than 10 is 18%. Um, And then our average... Oh, actually, our retention for this year, so through August, is eighty-one percent.
0: So eighty-one percent of your clients in this month were present with you guys last month.
1: That's right. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that's that's overall. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we so so our so while we need to track better like outcomes in that regard. we have some good uh, qualitative outcomes. We have some ther- some clients who are really. Um, we have some testimonials on our website. I'm about to add some more. Um, so we have that some of that um, that way. Excuse me, but then we've got to kind of get our um, other numbers a bit under um, where we're tracking them on a regular basis, and then um, try to implement some kind of client outcome numbers over the next um, next year to year and a half.
0: Hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm always interested in that i've um I've as I've been reading more of the lit, I've come to the belief that therapy is a short-term game, you know, mm-hmm. even even for people because I think in my program, which was our program, but at different points in time, right, that um mm-hmm. therapy was kind of seen as, as like a a long-term process. And I mm-hmm. don't think that that's true for most people in private practice.
1: Um, you mean that you mean that clients don't stay that long, or that the, the gains that they make don't last that long?
0: I think that the I think that the literature is showing that when people have change, the changes, the change lasts, and I think that people might cycle back, right? Especially at transition points, but it seems like people come in for, you know, five sessions stop coming they come in for seven sessions they stop coming they come in for ten they stop coming um, mm-hmm. people don't the majority of people don't come for two or three years you know just to oh sure yeah
1: yeah no I don't yeah I don't think people uh, come most people don't come for that long but yeah I'd have to I'd have to think about that I haven't um, read the let read the, the the stuff on that that you have but um I mean it, it makes sense to me. I think more often than not, um we are um convincing people to believe in the changes that they have made and um getting them to trust them themselves on those things. Like um I think honestly I think that's that's a large majority of therapy with any client. Um the ones that they're the ones that come that are short term that come for, you know, three to seven sessions or so, um, I think those are the clients that, um, tend to, um, sort of where they internalize the change the fastest and they believe it. Um, clients that come longer than that, oftentimes we are, we spend a lot of time, um, trying to remind them of the, the skill that they have and the strength that they have and, um, convincing them to trust it. I think that's the thing I don't, I hear a lot of, is I don't trust myself. I don't I don't trust this, that we're making. Um, so, um, convincing them that they can handle tough situations and that they can use what they've learned to actually deal with the difficulty in their lives um, is a large part of therapy.
0: Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, look, I've taken your time uh, long enough. Uh, I'll finish up with our last two questions and then we'll wrap it up, okay? Bring it. Uh, all right, the last two questions I, I ask are, uh, what do you think is on the frontier? What's, what's the... The leading edge of the field. Um, The
1: what I would see as the leading edge of the field is kind of uh, is neurobiology and the um, kind of the advances and not just in um, technology, but in our understanding of how um, relationships work and what they do to our brains and um, how um, um, how we can use that to our advantage. Um, and um, and better understand our clients and give them things that they're they're capable of. Um, yeah, I think I mean it's just we are so just very much understanding the um, just the very beginnings of uh, of brain science and um, and particularly how that affects relationships and um, it's just fascinating. Um, um, the And I guess, can I add, can I have two things? That yeah. I only, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, especially as it concerns practice building, is um, how we are going to incorporate technology into our practices and um, the ethics of that um, and, the, and how that kind of unfolds and happens. Um, it's been here for a while, but it's just now starting to, especially as legislation catches up to it, um, uh, all those therapy apps that you see. Um, there's been some stuff over the last maybe two years, about three years, maybe, um, about some of the good and the bad, and how um, um, some of, there've been a couple of companies that have had some really some ethical scandals um, as far as uh, breaches of information and uh, how they handle those situations. And um, but it's causing some therapists to shy away from it and to not use it at all, as opposed to um, embracing it. Um, and, and I think it's important, for if therapy is going to be relevant in the future, um, for us to figure out ways to embrace it rather than reject it.
0: Hmm. Ways to embrace it?
1: Mm-hmm. To use it. So, you know, um, online therapy, um, video therapy, Apps. I mean, I think nobody and people have really have not figured out how to leverage uh, the mindfulness people have. The mindfulness people are way ahead of the game in this, um, and and so I think um, we've uh, we've got to figure out how to leverage things like that um, um, to to be able to um, uh, to reach the the brightest breath of people
0: that we can. Mm. Sounds like you have some ideas on how to do that.
1: Um, not fully. Uh, I think my idea right now is to is that I think we have to um, really start to figure out how to do on the the biggest hurdle is how to do online therapy well, um, and that needs to, that's going to have to start being taught in schools. Like um, people already do it most. There's, you know, um, you know most online schools have a you know. Uh, that are accredited have a thousand people in their master's program getting degrees in online, getting online degrees. Um, and so to not, to then say that we don't do online therapy, I think is kind of ludicrous and we don't teach online. We don't teach how to do online therapy. Well, um, it's kind of ludicrous as well.
2: Hmm.
0: So there you go. There you go. That's interesting. I'm not a, big fan of online therapy the idea of it not that I've done it not that I've been uh, done it in either direction you know but mm-hmm. I think it's so much about the relationship that I think it's hard to do um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah but at but the same do you, time I do, you,
0: do, you, do you do you do you and Ryan have, or y'all don't live in the
1: same area do you we don't we don't do you, don't. Do you have do you have a relationship an ongoing relationship <sighs> yes you're seeing each other on video right now, so you're developing that relationship
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think um, I think I see a little bit of both, and I've not done much ongoing uh, video therapy. the one place that I was at for a while had kind of minimal capabilities. Um, where we would see people, um, and I think there were there were ups and downs to it. There was just technical glitches was I think the biggest thing that I saw as like causing a problem in relationship building. I think that the clients where I had seen them in person for a little bit um, or at least had some face to face contact and then video therapy happened I tended to have better results from yeah. Uh, whereas it's there's some barriers that seem to come up in building an initial relationship just from the platform but
1: yeah I will tell you that I think that is true until I've done more of it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And the, one of the reasons that I think it's cutting edge is because you're like, you're going to have an entire generation of kids that are going to become adults who their primary way of developing relationships is online. So they're not, they are not going to have the same block that you and I might have, you know, um, to, Developing trust and um, building uh, rapport with somebody online, um, because that's they they've done it since they they can't remember a time when they haven't done it, Um, and so, um, so you're you know I think I I agree. Um, I mean I don't think there's it's never going to be fully what an in-person relationship can look like, Um, but. I don't think it's as I also don't think it's as bad as people that I mean, y'all aren't fearful. I don't think you guys are fearful of it. But there's some people that like at conferences when you start when you're in a room like you get when there's a presentation on online therapy, there'll be people in the room that are for it. And then for some reason, there'll be people in the room that are just adamant against it. And they're like, they'll clutch the pearls and, um, you know, decry it as the the thing that's going to bring down the profession which right. that's what I think is the mistake. The mistake um, is not is not figuring out how to do it, how to like we all the stuff, all the concerns that y'all bring up are legitimate, but we can figure out how like we should be on the on the forefront of figuring out how to solve those problems, right? Then rather than um rather than pushing it away and not dealing with it. Yeah.
0: yeah. I haven't told Ryan this, but I'm convinced that in the future therapists will be exponentially more effective. And I think that'll be a direct relationship of um, a direct result of um, simulation. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Ryan, and I think one of the reasons that Milton Erickson was so effective was because he's essentially had thousands of hours of, of deliberate practice. Mm-hmm. Because when you're working with hypnosis, you're looking, your your result is very visible, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that we have that in other f- therapies, right? Um, and so he was super effective. And I think that once we have a ability to simulate and to know what we're looking for, like the effectiveness of therapy will just skyrocket.
2: Yeah, I think and,
1: that's I think that's really interesting. I, I had not I had not thought about that, but I think you're I think you're absolutely right because I mean, uh, if you can if you can get something that um that is close to Client responses for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um problem is I'm not a computer programmer, so I can't figure that out. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm just a doctor. <laughs> <I'm> but, just... <laughs> you, but you 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 could you could hire a computer programmer. I can hire a computer programmer. Yeah, I, mean, I can really? hire a little Google Brainiac to build me a AI couple. Yeah. yeah. Um and what are you reading now what's what's on your i would say what's in the bathroom but people don't do that anymore what's on your your midnight your nightstand table
1: yeah i play solitaire in the bathroom
0: um let's see
1: um so um brene brown's new book dare to Lead just came out um so that's top of my waiting list um of my read list um uh that'll be direct um I taught a class this summer and so um I've read and rereading um have just kind of finished up um um a second read on um uh cotler
0: um stephen cotler the rise of superman no another Kotler. um
1: Hang on, I just completely blanked because it's 9.30 at night and I should be in bed. Um, Because I'm 40. (laughs) Uh, um, On being a therapist, Jeffrey Kotler.
0: Jeffrey Kotler.
1: Um, I'm reading the Hamilton biography. That's awesome. And then I'm reading any book I can get my hand on about the Enneagram and...
2: that one's so, that one's blowing
1: up oh my god I don't seem to like that super helpful in individual therapy super helpful hmm. so and in my life so it's good this book called The Wisdom of the Enneagram which I would recommend mm-hmm. for deep divers jo- so Ryan I get the impression that Jordan's a skeptic of the Enneagram I feel like I, I feel so, like that's. Yeah. No nah, like man, that's I believe the... in astrology.
0: I do, I do.
1: Oh, uh, so You think it's astrology?
0: I'm, I'm <laughs> believing that. Venus <laughs> is in, is, in the, is in the right spot, and I'm a Pisces. Like that stuff is real, man. I'm a I'm a I'm a believer, as they say.
1: Wow, yeah, they don't. They haven't said that since like 2004. But cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't work with teens anymore, so. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm Not letting go. <laughs> Well, Adam. Well, let
1: me let me come back on, and we'll, I'll debate the Enneagram with you. I won't it's debate all, all, it. Dude. All its merits. <laughs> I won't debate
0: it. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Oh man! All right, Adam. Thanks so much, man. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.